Set your phasers on funky. It's Uncle Says. fellow foreigners wherever you are to uncle says a weekly discussion of what it's like to make art and short film from sunny Lujo, china or anywhere in the world i guess i am emily um and with me as always is peter as always as always and um yeah this is the podcast coming into live to coming to you live to tape from whoop woo studios in Lujo, sichuan china um, tonight our discussion is going to be about the platonic idea of ideas. What's, what's an idea and what kind of dressing, window dressing do we do to make them our own as part of our art. Um, but before we do that, let's check in with me and Peter in How's Your Uncle? tired tonight so I'm a little bit babbly um, but it's been a nice week I had two people this week get very startled by my eyes um, as you may know blue eyes I think are 20% of the earth's population and in China it's definitely a rarity in Luzhou especially um, so one one was a baby who would just like needed to look at my eyes for a while and then one was a grown-up who as I walked away I heard her say in English behind my back your eyes it's very strange Peter has brown eyes so that doesn't happen to him it never happens um, only me and another thing that happened to me this week is somebody recognized me in our building which you know happens I live here and between the two of us, Peter and I, even just from our first four years, we taught at this huge high school, so we have thousands of kids who would recognize who we are, who now are, like, young adults. But, so, we were waiting for the elevator together, and she's like, I think I know you. And I'm like, uh, really? From where? And so she takes out her phone and shows me a picture, and it, sure enough, it is Peter and I in a picture with her. And she's like, oh, I just saw, we were like out at the mall and she saw us and asked to take a picture with us. So um, we may go out and get coffee at some later date, but it was very, it was a funny elevator ride. And I meant to say like, oh, how funny, but I couldn't remember the word for funny. So I had, oh, hunchy guai, which means like, oh, how strange, um, which I didn't mean to say. <laughs> but, Is it really that strange? Yeah, it's not that strange. We're like minor celebrities here in the show. Not from the podcast or anything, just from being English teachers for so long. Also, we're not that even far from the mall. Yeah, we're at the mall all the time. People see us all the time. <laughs> well, but we're only a quick bus ride away or a cab. Yeah. And that's where everyone goes these days. Yeah, well, she works. she worked at the mall, mm. and that's the context in which she saw us. It's particularly strange that she just lives right above us. Yeah, yeah, she lives five floors above us. 
And it's also weird that we've lived in this apartment for a year and a half, and this is the first time. Maybe it's the first time she was ready to say something. Maybe mm. she's been shy. Maybe she's seen me before and been shy. But I don't know. So it's been mm. it's been a week of being famous. <laughs> um, which is you know weird, but nice. Mm. Um, but let's go on to conduct some business. We have three items of business this week. The first being that little by little we've been approaching this mark that over on Hello Foreigner we are only now posting one time a week. And they will be the all new giraffe videos. And then we still have some legacy videos that still aren't up. So if you're a longtime fan, Freddy Burger. Um, and there are some videos, our old videos of ours that haven't been put up yet. They will get put up, but just on a much more um, they're, they're slower schedule. They're special features now. Yeah. But they're also timely because maybe they have to do with weather or holidays or something. that. Yeah, that the immediate like, thing that gave us pause was the next one up was how hot Lujo is in the <laughs> summer. And it's still, like, not even spring yet. So we were like, we can't put this up. Yeah, it doesn't do us any good. Some people have snow on the ground still. We can't. Um, not in Lujo. Not in Lujo, <laughs> but some of our audience may still have snow on the ground. I or, hear. Or rub, rub it in anyone's face. <laughs> no, we just have cold, terrible wetness. We don't have snow. Um, but yeah, so that kind of made us think for a moment, and then there is the fact that the legacy videos are are kind of are stronger work and they deserve and the draft videos are also getting as we feel like they can stand on their own so we didn't want to like crowd crowd the uncle foreigner marketplace with too much <laughs> uncle foreigner so we are we've made it helps integrate the new videos better if we start pacing things out yeah for a while the earlier videos were like a minute two minute three minutes long so those going up every day to get them out. We put some week. like twice a day, I think, in Something those like early that. ones. But now that we're like some of our videos are twenty minutes long, it doesn't. No one seems to need twenty minutes a week, let alone one hundred and sixty minutes. Yeah. A week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, the giraffe has grown from something of a one-off joke into. Um, pretty solid feature we think so we're we're ready to let that be the spine of what we're doing and then these videos how many are left do you think oh. like 60 with that many? No, no, no no 30 20 something like 20 20 <laughs> so we have 20 20 of the old uncle foreigner videos left that will dole out as special special event videos um and we'll let the giraffe form the continuity with these these now one-offs as like a special special edition. And the giraffe keeps us up to date of actually what's happening now. Yeah, and so now now the channel is all new content, <laughs> which is you know we were in a we were in a rush to get back to that, so we're excited to be there. Um, and it makes for all those special ones that we are so proud of to to be features. Yeah, when, when yeah. they're appropriate. Now we have a bank full of. 
So we can delight you with something a little different every now and again, rather than just being like a confusing mishmash of a travel video and a giraffe and then this and then that and this and that. Curating. Yeah, curating. <laughs> um, and we're still publishing Wednesday? Yep. Wednesday at noon China time, so... You can, you can stay up till midnight on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> but there may be other ones that might appear throughout the week, too. So, yeah. Surprise ones. We'll never, um, we'll never, we'll never say. Yeah, so that's the, new, that's the new plan going forward. And kind of in conjunction with that, I've been working on the About Us section of our website, HelloUncleForeigner.com, making some changes there that reflect our new identity and kind of um, tweaking our look a little bit. So if you've never looked at our website, um, it's a work in progress, as everything is. But check it out at HelloUncleForeigner.com. Mm-hmm. And I think with that, defining the About Us page on the website, we're also kind of strengthening those pieces of each of our YouTube channels as well. We, yeah, haven't, we haven't done that yet, but we're working on that. It's interesting how splitting everything into different factions of where it belongs. Sounds like it'd be more confusing, but it's actually making more sense and yeah. even down to something as the about page. Yeah. Things are starting to well, have different the right shelves rather than just a pile in a closet. Yeah. Peter was talking to a, a college friend this week who I think you said he had watched some of our videos, but like still wasn't quite sure what we did. And so I was like, oh, maybe we need, if someone like is invested as an old friend versus a complete stranger and they can't figure out what we do, we need to be clearer <laughs> about what we're doing. Um, so it's, it's like a nice bit of spring cleaning, mm-hmm. coincidentally, um, that we're doing across our whole, our whole online identity. And then the, the third piece of business, oh, just in a, in a YouTube's numbers update, we saw our first like random algorithm blessed spike this week when our video Hot Pot, Woman versus Spice, just for no effort of ours, just totally spiked up on all the numbers. Um, it was popping up in people's searches more often. Our videos... I think daily we get like 2,000 impressions. And what's an impression? I, if right, you don't. As of right now, 58.2. What is, but what's it for the day? Oh, for the day? I don't know how yeah. to look that up. Well, you can. Unique viewer. I, I, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. I think it's like 8,000 a day. Let's. Okay, let's start. Yeah. So an impression is how often YouTube is bringing up your thumbnail to answer people's question like, do you want to watch this? And on average, so far, we usually get about 2,000 impressions a day or around 30,000 impressions a month. And impressions aren't views. Impressions... How many times YouTube shows to people that might be looking for you? Yeah. Not for you, for things like you. Yeah. How much you're coming up in in people's queries. So we get about 2,000 a day on a good day. And just the past week, we've been getting like 8,000 and 9,000 a day, which is um, small potatoes in the YouTube world. But for us, it's like a big number. And it's just funny. I mean, it's... Well, it's funny to like say like even like 2,000, but that's like nobody in the world has seen us. 
yeah. That's like two thousand people. Two thousand people live in our apartment building. Yeah. Or in and, our apartment complex, anyway. And have walked past you and not paid any attention to you. Yeah, yeah. Or whispered behind your back, your eyes. Your eyes. Um, you must have them. <laughs> that's creepy. Um, but so for us, it's kind of been amusing, and that's translated into about like. 30 to 50 views in the last week on that video. I think so. Um, which is just, it's its an interesting happenstance given that, like, we did nothing to bring it about and there was no no work on our part to to attract this attention, but it, its we've heard that's, it's, that's the mystery of how YouTube works. Yeah, given that it's its many weeks old now. Yeah. its It's one month old. Yeah, and it's it's not just it's not just getting drive bys like we still are getting comments on that video. People are yeah. still like really engaging with it. So and it is, I mean that we've talked about this in the past, but it it was like the people want a long video and a video about eating stuff. Let's do it. <laughs> and and like conventional wisdom would say like, well, if that's your most popular video, do all that, and we just turn into a hot pot eating channel, <laughs> which. To be honest, I wouldn't mind that much, but... Well, that's what you'd have to do all the time. I wish I... I'm again, I mean, artistically, that's not what I would want to do, but as a lifestyle, <laughs> I would be okay with that. Probably. <laughs> we we eat enough get, hot pot voluntarily anyway. You'd get pretty greasy. <laughs> but, so that's our business this week. Um, so let's get into it with a little homeschool film school. So the topic this week is a little bit convoluted, but um, comes from a conversation Peter and I have been having all week about the genesis of an idea and what the information that an idea wants to convey versus like how you would package it and make it your own or make it part of what your art is saying. Um, and so I'll give you the, the kind of simplistically breaks down into like what makes something a vlog versus what makes something a piece of stand-up material versus what makes something uh, just character work or what makes something a novel. And, I, and the thing I... I that stuck out to me while we were talking about this is, is ideas on their own aren't very compelling. Otherwise, we'd all be convinced by these list of facts the other side likes to give us in any kind of debate that to to convince us to be on their side. And the, it, we were kind of talking about these two comedians, um, James A. Caster and Josh Whittacombe. Yes. Who... They're both kind of like skinny, nerdy, hipstery comedians. English comedians. Did I say that? No. Maybe. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but I think they're good examples of like personas that are polar opposites of each other. Whittacombe is like this kind of uptight, nerd, put upon fellow who's, I can't get a break. Which I'm sure he's probably listening to this, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I mean, I think that he knows that that's what his persona yeah. is. Um, Always interesting, though, like, when somebody has put that out, is that's who they are. Yeah, of, like, yeah. Like, what, what are the voices that 
watch you and how they decided, like, ah, just randomly on a podcast. You know, <laughs> he's a nerd. I mean, they're nerds. They're nerds. But he's, like, kind of the the sad sack Charlie Brown. Yeah. Can't, can't catch a break is his deal. And then Whittacum is, like, a strange, awkward bird who can give you... He's also kind of sad sack. He's a little bit sad sack, but I think in the persona is more oblivious to that. Mm. Um, and his, his approach, he can break down an event into like the most absurd details and, and just ma- like give you a common situation and break it down that it looks like a moon, a moon man's understanding of the world. So anyway, they have these like totally opposite personas and so you do have some things that like maybe could be a Josh Whittacombe joke that couldn't be a James Acaster joke, even though like the sentiment behind it is true. Do you know what I mean? Not, I'm, I've what, kind of gone down a path here. has as he he'll rag on himself and then like kind of bolster it with he knows a lot about football. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Acaster will brag on himself and then laugh about what a dork he is. But, I mean, there are ideas that the the veracity of them is, is not in doubt, but that it... I, I wish I could think of an example. So was so tired. But that, um, like, it would be appropriate for one of them to tell as a joke and it would just not work as the other. Uh, I guess <laughs> I'm kind of caught in a in a loop here, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom out again. Mm-hmm. So for me, for us, for the giraffe, we're calling it a vlog, even though the fact that it's a character—I mean, the stories are true, and it is my told from my point of view, but that it that it's a character, it's not like an unvarnished, honest look at the things that happened in our life. And I... So... Maybe it's not a vlog. (laughs) We had this conversation earlier. (laughs) But so there's, there's like... Part of being the giraffe is picking the stories that fit with the giraffe. So like the giraffe is not gonna tell you traffic jam stories because the giraffe doesn't care about traffic jam stories. Even if I was like in a taxi and we were in a traffic jam, that's not what the giraffe cares about. Hmm. Versus like... But we've already seen the giraffe in traffic. Well, you're not helping me (laughs) here. (laughs) I'm saying there are like aspects all of our experience is true, but only certain aspects of our experience are going to be filtered through the giraffe. Do you understand uh, what I'm, I mean? I'm not sure which ones we don't see. I mean, I would say the a lot of the boring ones. The giraffe isn't interested in boring things. Like, well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's part of the selection process. Totally. That makes sense then. I'm I'm saying like the, the giraffe is in all of all of human experience is potentially our topic, but it's not. 
Mm. I'm not going to tell you about like the dreams I had, or I'm not going to mm. tell you about making food unless I do. <laughs> <laughs> but like part of part of what we were discussing this week is the giraffe's point of view is not neutral and it's not just like a recitation of things that happened in my day. We're like you were saying that something that differentiates the giraffe and maybe a direction we should explore more is like the edginess of the giraffe or like being a little bit more like the point of view of 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 a, of a more both small and larger world. Mhm. Mm that it's not necessarily. <clears throat> I'm not sure what we're talking about. <laughs> this was so clear in my head. Uh -uh. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is what failure to explain yourself looks like. <laughs> no, I, that I mean, like the giraffe is going to tell you about nap time, but it's not going to explain the cultural genesis of nap time or why it's part of a given culture or not a part of a given culture. The giraffe is going to tell you about the experience of... Well, we don't want to give too much away about nap time. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go with me, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so what, what did you... What were you trying to tell me this week when you were like, the giraffe should be... Well, more of our, our world view of what what we believe in without actually just telling you what what we think you should do. What 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 does the giraffe believe in as opposed to what the giraffe believes you should do, like Right, right. Well, and that's, that's, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at is that the specificity of the point of view is what's important because the things that happen to us in life, you know, there's only 37 stories that happen in the world or seven if you're Shakespeare. And most of them aren't that exciting. Yeah. And, and a lot of the exciting ones are terrible, like I got hit by a car. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about this last week that... Yeah, if something suddenly changes in your life, it's usually not good. But I, I mean that that from a narrative perspective, birth, death, love, fight, hunger, you know, there, there's these certain drives that are common that are common to storytelling since the beginning of stories. And it's strange when you're you're cutting them down into like <clears throat> the little segments because those little stories are what makes up a vlog. Yeah, a vlog. You want to tell a good story, but they're a tiny little story of what happened to you in your day. When you come home from work and you have someone to tell you what the story, what 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 happened to me today. Right. You don't want to be like, well, I walked to work. And? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, and that the stuff of vlogging is the stuff of daily life, but that's also the stuff of stand-up or the stuff of sitcoms mm. or the stuff of certain movies that are not like, like you, adventure sagas. You lost one sock in the laundry. What? What? What happened Right, that, that could be a whole, you know, A story on, on, mm -hmm. I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> no examples. No examples. On Speechless. 
<laughs> laundry, losing laundry could be a whole A story on Speechless. Um, and so it is, I think, this is what I'm badly trying to convey. That the, it's not that the stories are different in your genre or in your, um, your mode of telling stories. It's, it's, it's how you present them. And so are what, you talking like in within our genre of China vloggers, we're all going to have the same story of this is what a Chinese apartment looks like. This is how you take a Chinese taxi. Yeah, yeah, you... but not even not only that, but the stuff of like, this is my apartment. This is my neighborhood. This is the food I eat. That's the stuff of anyone's story. That could be, you know, a sitcom. That could be a movie. That could be anything right and then what is the tiny difference of what's it like to pay your chinese electric bill in china right right as opposed to back home where you probably never thought about other than the day that you stopped writing checks and you just put it on online right <laughs> yeah yeah that one time in in your life is the only time you thought about it but whereas in here we've for eight years we've chased around the electric bill as it goes every month from store to store to store. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> it's a constant reminder that you don't know how to pay your electric bill. Yeah. But that the idea of like a story about an electric bill could be a vlog, but it could be something else. And I, that's kind of where I'm trying to push this conversation is that we are selling ourselves as a vlog, but the, between like, creating a, a character who is me, but is not, you know, that's not how I act in real life. Although Peter begs to differ. <laughs> I can tell that the giraffe is an act and is different from how I am in real life. Um, means that, you know, what we're making is like a character sketch that maybe doesn't have a genre that exists yet. A giraffe vlog. Yeah. Post vlog. I mean, fake vlogs, I guess, have existed as long as vlogs have. Yeah, I mean, it's um. curated to a certain extent. You do come up with an idea of what you want. You do take notes throughout the week, just the same way that you do with this. Yeah. I mean, what's the difference of, like, making a painting or us sitting down right now to do this podcasty thing? Yeah. Or you sitting down to record a vlog that you is half off the cuff, half on paper, then I spend the rest of the week adding details of video and sound to it. Yeah. Like, at what point is it something that's been wholly realized to something that just kind of, like, falls out of your mouth? Right. And, and I mean, I would argue that there's there's nothing, even, even amateur vloggers who've never picked up a camera before, that's still a mediated experience because the second you turn the camera on... Yeah, you had to think... There's, like, no true voyeur experience. Yeah. Um, unless it's creepy. Unless it's creepy. <laughs> but, yeah, just find that interesting. Mm. Um, and that part of, part of that process for me is to focus more on the ideas themselves, and this, I'm kind of backtracking what I was trying to say earlier, <laughs> of, um... I don't write these out. I do take notes during the week, but I don't write a full script on them. 
And that's kind of part of what makes the giraffe persona work is because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't write that. I'm, I'm, I don't know how. Mm. Well, so the narrative itself is free flowing. Yeah. But the actual like, because there's a certain amount of things of like, like you don't tell me what you're going to talk about other than like, it's going to be about subject X. Yeah. So yeah. I might suggest like, we'll bring these two props because they have to do with X and you can play with them. Like a child in a, in a yeah. here. And I, I have this, like, the framework of, like, it's going to be really nervous and you're going to have a stutter and you're, you're, you're going to abruptly switch topics and transitions will be kind of out of left field. Which but is your, be, your voice in which to frame. Yeah. Beyond that, I also don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know more than Peter knows what I'm going to talk about. But, like, for example... And I realize we're going to talk about this later, but nap time, the entire genesis of nap time, the idea is that they turn the ads off in the elevator after lunch so that people can take naps and not be disturbed by noise from the elevator. And then I just, I forgot to say that in the video. Um, so it's a weird element of well, there's that. There's also live creation as well. The talking about maybe starting a podcast, which then we just cut in with a separate post film. Oh yeah, that was the first time I really forgot something that we needed, so we went back and added it. Right. Because usually, and which, I think it's... Which it's wasn't been... necessary, but uh, as long as the cameras were up. And it yeah, was, yeah. Well, we might and I well think it's a, it's, a, it's a joke that we'll have a payoff. Yeah, well, but, it also helps, too, in that immediacy of, like, we're filming, you just go with your thoughts, and if we'll, we'll just pick things up and we can... Because it's not a film narrative. It doesn't mess up the movie if, like, you... Right. If you cut into yourself. Because otherwise, if you don't go back and edit in, in a certain way, then you're looking at, like, us now at 30 minutes. This is what you would be watching <laughs> if we didn't do the work yeah you kind of have an idea what you're talking about but you got to work your way around to finding out what it is you, mm -hmm. you don't have to rely on a persona we're not relying on editing or you know a little rocket ship is going to float in next to your head or something right. that's about as close to an actual flog flat out vlog conversation <laughs> that we can do without like yeah. somebody sneaking up behind us and filming us when we're not watching. Yeah. And I to relate it back to my original point, the fact that I'm not writing it down and crafting it and editing it and re-editing it and then reading it and interpreting it um, and doing multiple takes is part of how, like, the I, if I did that process, the result would be entirely different even though the ideas I started with would have been the same. I think you could maybe go back to our earlier videos where it was pretty tightly scripted. Yeah. That's probably what it would look more like. Yeah. And and those aren't wrong. No. But it just is like, it's an entirely different experience of the same ideas. And that's, like, ideas in themselves aren't enough. They need your your interpretation. They need your service and they need your editing or lack of editing to come out as like a piece of work 
Which I think is one thing with Which YouTube. Which I think is interesting. Where it, it starts to really get confusing. Um, where people people were initially just turning on a camera and talking in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then it, people start putting in more production. And more people start working on the same project. Maybe you have different editors and different camera people. And then at what point, like, now are you not vlogging? And we've come back around to more recently where people want to get back to just talking in their bedroom mm -hmm. because the production is too big and then all of a sudden like we said the mu there's movie stars Will Smith or whoever's they have their own vlogs like at what point has this crossed over from just hearing somebody's you know diary to like it's a whole production with all these lights that you have all around you right, right now right right and that's that's still I mean, you could just turn on your camera, your phone, and that would be fine. Mm -hmm. But then somebody in the comments section below might be like, the light is so dark and I can't hear your <laughs> voice and you'd do better off if you just maybe wore a hat. Well, I mean, you're always going to get feedback. Yeah. But I think... Yeah. I think it's complicated. I it's complicated and I mean that the, the whole work of what you do is not coming up with ideas because that's how there are there aren't new ideas really mm. um so it is about like your point of view on those ideas or your perspective or or how you can present them or how you don't present them <laughs> <laughs> well I mean like this for example like without actually curating this train of thought that we're on now, mm -hmm. it would be, if we presented this as, this is going to be a 10 minute vlog on this idea and this is where we ended up with it. Yeah. It would pretty much be like, well, I'm not sure why I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's sure. <laughs> but because I, I think, what why this sticks in my mind and why I'm insisting on coming back to it, um, is because a lot there's a lot of discourse on YouTube, not necessarily vlogs, more of like the video essay persuasive mm -hmm. argument type of YouTube video that is like, and not just YouTube, like the entire world right now is like, I have these facts, blah, 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 blah. They should speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. And facts don't speak for themselves. That's why news reports have to have local color or quotes from people that the story affects if it's just like a summary of facts that doesn't convince people and it doesn't tell the story in a way that is going to stay with you or change your mind if that's what your if your aim of your and that's what a lot of people is. i think will uh uh hold on to with our is the media confusing me because if there isn't an actual human story to the facts that you have on paper then somebody invents that mm -hmm. a cat was involved or something right and, and now i feel like i know that situation because i have a cat yeah yeah and I, it's, it's why they say reporting about global warming is so hard because like it's such a big story that there isn't a human element to it well, people you know, until they're all dying <laughs> people have been reporting on that story for decades and now the it's only a joke in the middle of the summer when it's so hot. 
Yeah. Or in yeah. winter when it's so cold and someone says, boy, I wish I had war global warming now. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Well, that's maybe funny to you right now. Right. But it's because we have so many facts, but it's hard to put them into a package where they're relatable. Yeah. It's what the Slate story I read said. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I believe it, but that idea was not originally mine. <laughs> Um, All your sources. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So facts somehow aren't the whole truth. You have to put it into a narrative somehow. Um, but let's go on. Let's go on to commentary. So as we've mentioned, our video this week only one um, was no sleep till nap time. An exploration of the Chinese siesta, as I call it. That was my idea. Um, and it just is about the fact that Chinese take naps after lunch sometimes. I maybe should have taken a nap after lunch today. <laughs> um, it's a very tiring country. <laughs> yeah. But it was the first one we did with our new green screen studio, right? Yeah. Yeah, which, so we bought a green screen, and it's huge, so we moved out of, as, so right now I'm in our, our child's bedroom, and we don't have a child, so it's our... Our second studio, our, or our, our primary studio. Yeah, our primary studio, and that's where we've been filming since we've lived in this apartment, and then the green screen is too big to fit in this room, so we had to move it out into the living room. And in fact, like part of our couch is in front of it when we're not using it. It's really big. Um, and we got a couple new lights because lights are pretty important. Mm -hmm. Lights might even be more important than the screen itself for Probably. getting it to work right. Um, so we weren't sure because we had it like physically set up, but we hadn't like adjusted any lights or did any tests so we weren't sure if it was going to work right or not so we kind of filmed it with the idea that if it, it works it works if it's not we have a green yeah. background yeah <laughs> and then it did happen to work um not perfectly but yeah there's you said some it, obvious glitches you can see but there was very little work to actually do to make it work so yeah because in the past when we tried green screen failures um Peter had to like physically cut out. Yeah, you have to. And, not, not physically, but. <laughs> physically, digitally cut it out. <laughs> and this really is the press of a button. Yeah, you're just like a drag a, of a, a mask. A, yeah, filtering a mask over it and then putting your pictures behind it, and you should come out pretty darn close. Our second week going into it, we're getting more complicated and there's still more problems, so it's. But we haven't really figured out how to do our lights properly yet. Yeah, and we so we're learning a bunch about that. Yeah, we haven't steamed to flatten out the green screen yet, so... Yeah, it's... Yeah, there's still some some shadows and some hot spots that are making it not quite 100% perfect. Look for it on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, our goal isn't, like, complete realism, so... Yeah, it's not really <laughs> Part of the joke you. is that, like, the giraffe is... In these, well, we, we, what we really want is to be able to tell the story with other pictures that supplement yeah, yeah. just your face. So if your face is telling us a story and 
showing us the you know the emotion behind the story mm -hmm. then what we're trying to do is add pictures in in other ways whether it's behind you or putting a fake atmosphere that helps expand the idea of what we're talking about and it's another way yeah to bring in those we talked last week about how pre-green screen we got those visuals happening and changing every five to seven seconds and now with the green screen we're even more flexible about the kinds of images that we can show you um, so that's really exciting and it means I still don't have to go outside but I can look like I'm outside <laughs> well it really helps to be able to um, capture little bits and pieces from the outside and then bring them back in mm -hmm. and you can think about you know what you're gonna say about them rather than like you know run outside hopefully the weather's okay hopefully it's not raining hope for you know, wh whatever the situation is mm -hmm. you can if you can bring the outside inside I mean that's what news mostly is <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so some of it's from the field. Yeah. But you can yeah. control it more from the indoors. It just adds an extra dimension of the different kinds of stories that we can tell. Yeah. And as we're getting... We're kind of indulging our, our more absurd sides. Um, we have more freedom to explore more absurd images that we can show you. Yeah, well, it, it can call from a lot of different places, from influence of TV throughout the year, from early MTV to yeah. different kinds of art aspects without it actually being like, we're in an art film, ooh. Like, we can yeah. use cool colors to, like, do something that, you know, isn't avant-garde, it's more pop. And then it's not like we're not trying to be pretentious about it. We're just like, hey, look at this cool <laughs> color behind you. Now you're red. <laughs> well, I said this to you last night that like my feeling about the work that we're doing now in a positive, super good way feels like when I was in high school and my friends and I would goof around making little skits for ourselves um, at the time. And it's just, I mean, like we're making this work to make ourselves laugh. Which is most what most successful, the successful in the bigger sense people like, say about YouTube. I mean, you can make success be any definition you want, but right. but what <laughs> most successful in terms of of creative fulfillment, yeah, and what, and connection with an audience that like really gets it. Well, I mean, what most people say on YouTube is do it for fun. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing it for money and you don't have a business or something like that, like don't that, do it for money. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You're not going to find money. <laughs> but if you're doing it for fun, then you're going to have a good time doing it. And if anything comes out of it, then that's an extra bonus. But as long as you're like, hey, what are we doing this weekend? I mean, do you want to sit around and watch a movie? Do you want to go to the mall? Do you want to go skiing? Do you? Yeah. If what you like to do is make a video out of any of those things or none of those things, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's like playing a board game. Did you have fun? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll do it next week. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, getting back to that feeling is really nice for, for me. <laughs> um, but also, as compared to when we talked about last week, how some of our videos last year felt like it was pushing us in a direction that we didn't feel comfortable with. Like, this, this would be the opposite of that feeling of, like, 
I don't know, it's like slipping into a warm bath kind of. <sighs> well, if you don't want to be doing two weeks of research on a certain subject that you have to give out all the facts about and you make sure you have to get them right or else, I mean, somebody's going to tell you that whether they're right or not. <laughs> um, so, and then all that planning that goes into something that you're kind of half-heartedly, like, just because you can do a good job at it mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're having fun at it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm having fun, so that's great. <laughs> um, and it's doing pretty well, right? We are at 106 views from four days ago. Which, looking at the top 10, or the top 10 latest, whatever. Actually, I think it's 108. Whatever, whatever <laughs> metric YouTube gives you, like, that's, that's a mark we've, just kind of hit again is getting over a hundred views in the it first week. It took us week. like ten months to get anything close to a hundred. Yeah. And like a hundred videos, two hundred videos. Yeah. <laughs> when we are on our first channel. Yeah. So now two and a half months into our our average is around a hundred is especially for a niche of China vlogger with an a weird art bent. Yeah. And we couldn't hide ourselves more. Yeah, yeah. We're not something you'd search for. Anyone would search for, other um, than, if you look up China, then it's usually... Yeah, tense. if you look up China Vlog, we do show up with that, yeah. but as we're moving further and further away from that, we're hoping to be the thing that you find when you were looking for something else, and like, we're your detour of like, hey, that was weird. All right. Hmm. Well, now i got to find this original thing I was looking right. for. Yeah, because the tough part is, is most people that are looking for a China vlog are looking for somebody who lives here so that they can tell them like what do I do when I get off the airplane and how do I buy an apartment yeah and I mean we have advice for you but it's a little more esoteric than what you're <laughs> looking for <laughs> it might not help you at all in fact it might hurt you I can give you some peanut butter recommendations <laughs> um anything else to say on that <clears throat> I don't think so okay um, well, let's... Other than click like, we need likes. Oh yeah. If you someone, watch, someone did come along and give us a bunch of dislikes. On yeah, the which me, it's, we it, think it was one person, but yeah, somebody like kind of mind swept or yeah, they did. didn't like us. <laughs> <laughs> which is still fine, but yes, reaction attention is good. <laughs> <laughs> but more likes. Well, we don't have that many likes. If we have, <laughs> if we have ten likes. Mm -hmm. And well, someone comes along and bombs us with one like, we're down to 90%. So it's mm. like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like us. If, if you're watching us, like us. If you don't like us, well, that's... Like us anyway. Yeah. If you don't like us, don't tell us. Yeah. <laughs> we don't Just need to know. Leave it alone! <laughs> don't touch it, walk away. <laughs> Alright, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Um, our Watch It This Week is a listen to it, actually, a podcast called Gastropod that I really love. Um, as you might guess from the name, it's about food. It's a deep dive into, like, the socio-historical context of the food that we eat. Um, like, they had a whole episode about avocados that was really good. Um, and I get a lot of book recommendations from them. <laughs> if you've gotten a present from me that's a book, 
in the last year. It's because I heard it on Gastropod. Um, but they recently, I listened to, they did a two-part um, two series on soda and the kind of what's wrong with soda and the, the political um, machinations going around, um, around soda in the world. And it's, it's sounding super nerdy when I'm saying it out loud. But if you like super nerdy, it's really interesting. And you hate soda. And you hate soda. Yeah, it made me like, I don't really drink a lot of soda anyway, but it made me like, soda's, soda's terrible! <laughs> we have a whole top shelf full of free Coca-Colas that the restaurant keeps sending us that yeah. we never drink. But yeah. we can't throw them away. Yeah, what if someone else drinks them? We've got to keep them off the streets. <laughs> the terrorists win. Keep that soda off the streets. I mean, I enjoy. We had we had sarsaparilla for New Year's. That was delicious. Yeah, but no, we don't hate soda. We don't hate soda, but it's, it's remarkably terrible for you. Um, but and it's not it's not always about like what's bad about stuff. Like uh, that wasn't the, a lot. Wasn't the avocado one about how like, or was that the show that we watched? That was well, <laughs> The avocado one had a, a pretty large breadth, um, and it kind of started from the the original bringing. So there was this is f a fascinating detour <laughs> that I'm gonna go into. <laughs> so the episode drew from this guy's book that I forget what it was, but I did buy it for my dad and I bought it for myself because it sounded so interesting. About in like the 1930s, I believe. There was this guy who worked for um, the Department of Agriculture who just like went exploring abroad to find different fruits and vegetables that were not native to the U.S. but that maybe American farmers could grow. And one of those was the avocado. But it was so ugly and nobody like really knew what to do with it. So it and, and also they had a hard time finding a good climate for it to grow in. So it just like didn't take off. And I think, I believe at the time it was marketed as like the alligator pear, which makes sense. doesn't sound appetizing. <laughs> so farmers didn't really know how to grow it. Markets didn't know how to sell it. And people didn't know what to do cooking wise with it. And then until the last really like 10 years in America, it just got like marketed correctly and it's exploded and now like avocado toast is a signifier of how much we hate young people but oh and there was like we had just acquired florida at the time and so they were like well we'll grow these avocados in florida nobody lives in florida anyway um and they have alligators and they do have alligators and it, for some reason it didn't take and then it was so california is the only place in the u.s that grows avocado Thing. I growing but up in we, California, that's all I saw was avocados everywhere. So, I mean, California doesn't exist, but <laughs> but it's just an avocado. <laughs> to bring it back to where we started, we the U.S. gets most of its Mexico's Mexico's from avocado. <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired. So Mexico it's, and California are one big avocado. Pit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, the U.S. gets most of its avocados from Mexico because they can grow it year-round. But the drug cartels, this is what we saw on the show the other day, too, but it was also in the... Gosh, moons everything. Yeah. 
So Adam Ruins Everything also had an abbreviated version of the story, but I first heard it in Gastropod. Oh. So download Gastropod. Um, drug cartels in Mexico, when the drugs are not doing so hot, although I think the drug market is always doing well, um, they storm in to these avocado farms and have, have like taken a pretty strong stranglehold on avocado farming too. So avocados are actually part of the Mexican drug cartel network, um, Delicious. which is fraught. But don't stop buying avocados because these farmers still depend on their livelihood. It's a very complex issue. Um, but so I mean, this is this is the the scope of of gastropod. It'll take you all over the world through the lens of one one particular food. And like they had another one where they looked at foods foods and meats that people all over the world consider edible because not every culture eats the same things. And some cultures chicken um, feet. Yeah, some some cultures eat stuff that other cultures would never consider eating. And often there's a socioeconomic component of what is considered coolly edible and what is considered barbarically edible. Um, but so, yeah, they, they just talk about food and culture and history through... And it's, I, I find it fascinating. And... Um, it's run by women, so I like to support media by women. Even though Peter makes art too. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe we should wrap this up. <laughs> um, good night, everybody. Noodles to you. Well, how do you end it? Just say stop. Oh, it's <laughs> closing. Closing. Closing credits. I don't see closing here anymore. Is it not there? It's not there. Um, oh, it dear. Up, over. <laughs>